Hi there. Before we get started on this episode, I wanted to take the time to tell you, um, well, thank you for being here and for listening. I know this episode is not part of the regular schedule, but as many of you know, I'm located in Texas, and well, Texas had a little bit of a storm last week, and I was not able to get this episode out, but I do not want to uh, miss it, and I don't want you guys to miss this episode, so I'm glad that you're back and that we are able to now carry forward that we are not uh, stuck in inside because of snow and ice. So I hope you enjoy this episode just as much as I did interviewing this person. Thank you. You want your business to succeed. Technology can get you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology is impacting your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, CEO of Sabino Comtech and industry unicorn, Nancy Sabino. Hello, hello there. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again for yet another episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success. And today I wanted to talk about change. This horrible word that most people hate. Uh, change is hard. There's no question about it. But in business, we all know that it is inevitable. It is part of the business life uh, cycle and it's part of business growth and you have to have change if you are going to make it. So today, my guest, Valerie Hoskins of Precise Process Consulting has joined us to talk to us about exactly that. Uh, Valerie Hoskin is a certified scrum master and change management professional with a decade of experience consulting for Fortune 500 clients. So I am sure we're going to learn a lot from her. Valerie, if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and we can get started. Well, thank you for that intro, Nancy. That was great. Uh, so exactly like you said, I actually come from an engineering background. My background is in industrial and systems engineering, and I got into consulting directly out of college, uh, consulting for one of the major firms, doing systems implementations, consulting, and then later moved into change management. I have then went on to launch my own company, Precise Process Consulting, which is a boutique consulting firm specializing in change management, process improvement, and PMO. And since then, I have had the opportunity to work with a lot of great clients leading some pretty big change initiatives, and I'm excited to share that insight today. Awesome. Okay, so most people don't like change, and me included, but it's something that we've had to learn to kind of thrive in. And so what are some of the most common situations that you have been called upon for? So the things I get called the most often for are these huge scale system implementations that companies are going through. And in their mind, change management equals training. So they're like, oh, we're going to need someone to come train the people. But it's so much more than that. And so, um, the things I get called in most often for are to do training for a big systems implementation, but after kind of speaking with them and explaining what all change management is, they realize it's a lot more comprehensive and that you have to start engaging people at the beginning of the process, not just reaching out once the system has gone live and people need to understand how to use it. 
that it's um one of the things that I think, um, I mean, maybe even I don't understand about change management, you know, a lot of the times as an IT provider, um, we do get the questions of we need to change software or we need to change um, whatever the change may be. And we immediately start to think, what is that going to affect? Um, how are new how are their employees going to be able to take over that? So at what point do you start um, or need to start thinking about uh, when to call in a change management professional or um, even begin the, the thought process behind this? And the easy answer for that is the sooner the better. <laughs> if I can get there <laughs> at the start, that is ideal. Uh, what typically happens, though, is it gets going and they realize exactly what you said. Oh, shoot. We don't know how to incorporate the people aspect of this because with these types of projects, there are really three components. It's the system, the people and the process and a whole lot of time and effort is put into the technology. A little bit of time is put into the process and almost no thought is given to the people component. So really the change management group needs to be there from the start because they're the foundation of helping to establish with leadership and the stakeholders what exactly is going on why is it going on and how is it going to impact you? And it, like you mentioned, most people are very resistant to change. So the earlier we can start introducing them to this and getting them acclimated and understanding what's going to happen, the better. The hardest thing is to come in near the tail end of a project and now you're trying to make up for a lack of communication and understanding that's been going on for months or sometimes years when they've been going through this change. <laughs> so how do you evaluate um, some of the pains and how you are going to help guide them through that? Well, that's where for me, my process background has helped a lot. I'm very, very process oriented. So it's I very easily and quickly can pick up on the processes and operations of the business. And from there, you want to kind of evaluate what the pain points or the bottlenecks are and that'll help you identify where you're going to see kind of the most resistance. So it sounds so simple, but by just talking to people, that'll help get you a lot of answers that you need. Um, you'd be maybe surprised, maybe not, about how often leadership will have these huge grand ideas that they're going to implement for the everyday worker, but they have no real understanding of how it's going to impact them. So there's like this disconnect there, and, and I'm coming in to help bridge that gap. That's one thing uh, you had mentioned bottlenecks and that is, I think of that in terms of technology, right? So it happens with, with your systems where if things aren't planned accordingly or if you have grown beyond what you currently have, there are bottlenecks that are created. And so the bottlenecks that you're talking about are people-wise, um, right? Or within those changes, um, how, what do those bottlenecks look like with the companies that you are working with? So I would say the most often issue that I experience is when companies are trying to implement a new system, for whatever reason, they just want to take the old process and copy and paste it into a new system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is a huge mistake. This is your opportunity, right, to finally fix a process that is either broken or probably has a lot of pain points, and you can now streamline this, improve it, 
and now put that into a new system. And so as they're trying to cram this old process into the new system and it doesn't work right, uh, then they're like, well, I don't understand what's wrong because they don't want to take the time to improve the process. So that's where I really start weaving that process improvement into the change management and understanding it's not just a behave, a change in behaviors and the way we work. We also need to change the processes that we're asking people to follow because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And so it's taking that step back during the process to not only think that the technology is going to be the one-stop shop to fix everything, you also have an accountability yourself to fix and improve your processes on a continuous basis. And that is going to aid in the people being more adoptive of that new system. Oh, I love that. You also have to be accountable for the changes in processes that need to be made. Wanted to just repeat that because that was, <laughs> I think you have hit the nail on the head with that because that is one thing that people uh, forget. And, or I guess it's more so of human nature um, where we think about something and, and we want to react. Uh, we don't fully think about what it's going to take. Um, and then how does it impact others? Uh, and what are they going to have to change and go through in order to accommodate? And, oh, man, that is... <laughs> That was definitely worth noting um, because, the, you know, a lot of the times it is just a, uh, I want to just get this done and yeah. why isn't it working? Yeah, not taking the time to think about how does this actually impact the people who use this on a day-to-day -day basis? How is this making it harder or easier for them to do their job, particularly if this is not a major component of their day-to-day -day job? It's just something that is um, a have-to-have, -have, like, clocking in and clocking out. We don't want to make that a stressful process for them. You know, you want to make it as easy as possible because that's not what you're paying them for. It's just something they have to do as part of their role. Yeah, and something that would help them in the end, like the, yeah. the business owners, the, um, the shareholders and all of that. So um, what do you do when you get pushback, especially from either end because you're talking about being a bridge and so a lot of the times you I'm assuming you are as the messenger <laughs> would yeah. get shot in between uh going back and forth so how do you deal with some of that pushback you know at this point I'm used to it so it doesn't intimidate me but I understand that people are resistant to change I'm resistant to change in my own personal life so I can only imagine how it feels for them on the business level but what I've discovered is the biggest thing with change management that has helped me be successful is most people just want to feel heard. If you can listen to them and hear their complaints or concerns and then actually escalate them, regardless of even if it goes anywhere or not, that's enough to satisfy them to feel that they are engaged in the process and not just being dictated to. And being engaged in the process, for some reason, I think it makes it easier on people uh, when they are invested in it just as much as the people that have initiated that the change itself. Um, so that's a lot of the things that you focus on is not just software, right? Um, or anything along those lines. I know for me, when I heard change, change management, because of what I do, that's immediately what I thought was um, change in software or, or things like that. But 
you really carry it through all the way from the very beginning to helping the actual the people part of it which is very important um but when it comes to process improvement within software implementation why is that often overlooked do you think well my theory is this most groups aren't going through these types of massive changes on a continuous basis right unless you're in like internal it cross-functional group for a major company you don't do these projects on a continuous basis. So you have no idea what you're getting into <laughs> when they start. So they just have no, no idea what to expect. And sometimes they don't rely heavily enough on the professionals who, this is what I do day in and day out. I do these massive projects for huge companies, one after another. We're trying to explain to you kind of what all needs to take place. And I think to them, it sounds overly complex or it's not going to require all of that then they get in the midst of it and they're like oh my god this is so much work this is so much more than i thought it was and you're right it's a complete overhaul now of my business group because the system and our technology is such a core part of what we do that when we're changing that up you have to change up the entire way you work the entire business processes the entire way that people interact with each other and you have to come at this holistically or what's going to happen is when you try to implement that change it won't be successful oh my goodness yes i i can think of um so many projects that we've done for clients and i have felt like oops we forgot something or um and I, I shouldn't say that, I guess, but it happens. <laughs> um, and realizing that if I would have just had someone like you um, available on our team, that really what you're doing is making sure that nothing is forgotten um, right. and that every little piece is thought of and taken care of, which is extremely helpful. Um, I mean, otherwise, I feel like we'd be lost. <laughs> Yeah, and I think sometimes they rely too heavily on the technology group to cover the entire end-to-end -end implementation when really your scope is supposed to be the technology portion of it. There really should be someone managing project management. There really should be someone managing the processes. There really should be someone managing change, right? And they're asking you to wear all these hats that are not fair and that are really outside of your scope of work as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that um, I think it just gets lumped into um, a lot of the thought frame uh, behind what we do and stuff like that. And really, it, it is outside of what we do. Um, essentially, we we know what we know. Uh, so we know that the systems themselves have to work in a certain way. We know that we have to design them in a certain way. And then we know that we have to do certain things in order to implement them. But what we then get dragged into is, uh, <laughs> and I say dragged in the best way possible because we really don't mind, but we're not yeah. the best people to do this, um, which is how do I do this now with this new system? And we're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> how am I going to use this software? Um, you know, kind of like your last one. <laughs> um, so our advice is really uh, not, not helpful when it comes to, I feel like the 
getting it from implementation to in use in production um and that's where you would definitely come in place and help with that absolutely there has to be that bridge um you're a very well-spoken nancy and can communicate your thoughts but it professionals are not known <laughs> for their <laughs> ease of communicating information, right? They're kind of just good at their tech stuff they do and explaining it in a really simple way isn't necessarily their skill set. So there has to be that intermediary to work with them on a technical level to understand what's going on and then translate that information to the client. And in their minds, it seems like it seems like an unnecessary step, but it's actually a critical component. Uh, to the overall success, because like I have an engineering degree, I don't mind talking to the engineers, but the average person does not want to. <laughs> they don't have to <laughs> talk about uh, what they're trying to explain to them is a little bit more technical than how they're accustomed to working. So you need to make sure there's this person who can make translate that information into a really easy to understand and usable manner. Because you know, IT might give you some long, drawn out explanation when really they just need you to click three buttons here, there, and there. You know, <laughs> that's it. Um, for you to use a system to accomplish whatever it is that you need to accomplish. And um, making sure they understand how to use a system is just a critical component because there's nothing worse than paying a lot of money, right, for some great technology and no one knows how to use it. Yeah. Are you running into situations where they've had uh, the piece of technology forever, but they realize that there or we come in and we say oh but you know that you could do it this way and they're mm -hmm. like oh we had no idea that was even there and that alone would have saved them so much time um which again then saves money so knowing what your software can do or your hardware in general what your it technology in general could do from the very beginning um, i think is something that businesses don't realize it could save you time and money Oh, so much. There are so many inefficiencies they don't even realize. And what I've noticed, Nancy, and let me know if this has been your experience. These companies have what I call knowledge silos. So there'll be one or two people who seem to know how to use a system and that's it. And if yeah. they retire or they quit, no one else knows what's going on. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've run into that for sure. And a lot of the times that comes back to us um, as essentially an IT department for their businesses. And, you know, that's one thing that we have to always uh, get across is we don't use your systems. Mm -hmm. We only fix them. Um, you know, we we maintain them. We uh, we're not involved in the usage of it, in the actual right. production. And so when they come to us and they're like, you know, we so-and-so was doing this, um, how do we do it now? And we're like, well, we're going to have to figure it out with you because we don't know. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that's where also with change management, we do a lot of documentation about processes too um, and these user guides because what you don't want is where there's only one person who knows how to do everything and as soon as they're not here, everyone else is clueless. You know, no, it has to be documented somewhere. There has to be some types of guides and manuals. And we also give them recommendations about how often you need to be updating these. Um, you know, a lot of systems come out with updates to them every year or every quarter or something like that. And so you need to be reviewing and updating that documentation with the same frequency. Um, because if I come in and ask you how something is done in your organization, 
and I get three different answers. One is what you told me, one is what's documented, and one is what you're actually doing. <laughs> there is a problem then, you know, you're not oh, really yeah. truly understanding your business operations and, and that's leading to some inefficiencies and wasted time is wasted money. That makes me think that even um, someone who is thinking about starting a business um, is probably someone that would be, uh, that would need your services in even thinking of what the process is that they yeah. are going to need um, in order to grow and scale their business would, I mean, that would be tremendous. Um, so it's something that maybe people don't think about, but an in, in, even as an early investment, it would be worth it. Oh, absolutely. And I've actually started getting a lot of interest from other small businesses in that in terms of, could you just help us in terms of how to set up your processes or how the different groups are supposed to run? I have a saying that I love. People go into business because they can do one thing well, but you have to do 10 things well to run the business. And no <laughs> yeah. asking you to be an expert marketer and a professional accountant and a tax specialist but you at least need to have a process in place for each one of those groups and an understanding at at least a high level of how they're working. And so I think that can be super overwhelming for individuals when they're starting out a company and they don't know how the accounting department or finances should be run or what the best practices are. And um, some areas that we've been getting into recently for precise process consulting is just coming up and helping them kind of stand up the company or clean up some of those various departments and give them that process that they need to operate in an efficient manner. Wow. That's a talent because <laughs> I, as a business owner myself, I know the uh, how hard it is to actually think through a process, document it at the same time, and then have it be repeatable. Um, yep. that is, it is excruciating. And for me, it's, it was excruciating, at least in not something I would want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> I love organizing, though. I love organizing my own life. I take such pleasure with, like, the little organization bins and stuff. So this is what I love doing. But even though, Nancy, the thing is, you really only have to do it once if you do it right. From there, it's just maintaining. So it's a bit of a pain to set it up the first time. But once you've got it set up and organized and nice and clean, all you have to do is maintain it from there. Oh, I can organize for myself. That's where I run into a problem. I can't duplicate it for somebody else to follow. Right. <laughs> that's that. Um, that's where I run into trouble with it. <laughs> I'm like, I can do it super well. <laughs> yep. No. Oh my goodness. Um, so what are some positive results that uh, you can tell us about where after technology changes were made that you've I don't know if you do this, but if you go back to visit the clients that you worked with and you can see, visibly see or whatever the, the difference is, what, what are some of those results that you've seen? So that's a great point. And this is also one of the things with change management. It tends to be hard to measure. So when I want to show my clients the results, I do try to track the feedback or what we call do pulse checks to see how people felt about it at different stages in the project and then measure the results after. So some of the greatest feedback I have gotten has always been from the most resistant people. The ones who gave me the <laughs> hardest time, they swore up and down, they've been doing it this way for 10 years and this is the best way to do it. 
and then they get the new system in process. And at first it's going to be harder, right? Because it's a change and you're getting adjusted. But after about a month, a month to two months, then you start getting the great feedback. So we've had a lot of feedback regarding people saying that the systems have saved them so much time in their job. What used to take them hours a week is now 30 minutes to get this done due to the new system, due to the new functionality they know how to use. Sometimes that old functionality was in the other system. They just didn't know about it, you know? So <laughs> now they feel like they've got all these additional options open to them and they love it. And that's really what you want to see. You want to wait a couple months after, go back, you do the interviews, you collect the feedback, and you present that to senior leadership to really show them um, what that impact of the change has been. And one of the biggest ways and best ways to measure that is in time saved. You want your employees spending time on whatever it is you're paying them for. You don't want them wasting a lot of time on low value or non-value added activities. Um, so the more time back we can give them to do the critical components of their job and get away from whatever clerical tasks they have, the better. Mm, that's a good point. Um, one thing I, I like to say just within our own business is efficiency is key. And the the more efficient that we are as a group and then as individuals, the higher our returns are going to be. And I think that applies for many businesses um, where if you're able to literally cut down on the, I'm going to say it, BS work um, because of the systems that you have in place, the, the more money you are going to make. And essentially that's what being in business is all about. Um, so one of the, um, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> um, so what is some advice that you would give to business owners um, looking to start either, because I feel like after talking um, really, whether you are about to make a change, um, whether you are just starting off, or whether you have been in business and been doing things the right way, it, there's always a good time to reevaluate um, to see yeah. if there's anything that you can squeeze out of how you're doing things, or at least getting some feedback as to what improvements could be made. So what is some advice that you would give to business owners or to uh, senior management that would that are in either three of those situations that would help um, with this journey for them? So one of the number one things I would say, or the first is to proactively seek assistance. Do not wait until the fire is flaming and everything's going down to reach out and be like, oh, I need help. Reach out before it gets that bad, right? Uh, number two, I would say is bring in someone to just do an initial assessment right, to give you some overall feedback and recommendations and then explain what they would do if you would like additional, more in-depth assistance. And that can give you an idea of what your starting point is. Um, and seek someone who is not linked to trying to sell you any other products. Um, so one reason that a lot of times my firm will get engaged is when it comes to recommending technology, I 
am unbiased. I'll tell you my truthful, honest experience about doing implementations with Workday versus SAP or what have you, because I'm not getting paid by either one of these companies, right? Um, so if you'll bring in sometimes people to do these assessments or give you recommendations and they're linked to a particular software, um, the advice you're going to get is not going to be as unbiased as you would really need to get the work done. Mm, that's good advice. It, it made me think of um, sometimes we've gone into these companies where when we're trying to figure out how they function, how they work, we get a different answer from everybody. Um, it's almost like there was no central process. There was no central form of communication. So when it comes to, let's say, their data and how it's stored, the way that they've managed that has been completely different per person. And if we're talking about a 50 company, 50 user company, 100 user company, each one of them doing something their own individual way, it becomes an absolute nightmare to try and put that back together in a way that makes sense for you know, actually holding the data or uh, being able to, at least for in my, in my experience, it's a um, whenever we need to recover data, yeah, and only so much of it has been lost or whatever. Being able to figure out uh, how does so and so work, and then how does that affect the other person, and so that's a complete nightmare. And I can't not remember why the life of me I thought of this um, with the advice that you were given, but that. Essentially, if if your company is out there like that, <laughs> you need Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you hit on it perfectly. It's, it's seeking that help proactively, right? So what worked for you when you had five employees, that's not going to work when you have 500 employees. And if you haven't maintained the processes and updated them as you've grown, that's when you're really going to start to experience those pain points you said where everyone's doing something different and there's no consistency because you hadn't added in that consistency as you grew. Perfect, yes. That's a very <laughs> concise way of saying what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so when it comes to um, change management processes, systems in general, what do you think is like, if you had to pinpoint one thing that somebody could do to improve today um what would that what would you say should be that one thing i'm gonna put you on the spot <laughs> one thing that they need to do to improve so i'm going to take it back to my earlier statement regarding i think there's just such a disconnect between leadership and employees it's a lack of understanding on what your employees are doing and dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So my number one tip for them would to be having revolving engagement activities with their group, with their department, to understand what's going on and what they can do to assist them on a continuous basis. Again, don't wait for there to be something wrong or don't wait for there to have to be a big change to finally engage with your employees. Oh, I love that because all too often you hear that, um, you know, senior leadership made certain decisions that then yep. 
everybody else has no idea why that was happening or what the purpose of it was or how it would even improve. Uh, and that you start to form an even bigger rift. So great advice. Yeah. Or how often have you gotten instructions from a SVP about what is needed for the system and then you talk to the people who use it and they're not using it anywhere close to what he just described. It's like <laughs> such a huge disconnect between what his understanding is of how work is occurring and what's actually going on. It's like, um, it, I don't know if you build furniture, but in my family, I tend to build the furniture and I hate when I get a piece of furniture that I have to build and the instructions are just pictures. Um, <laughs> there's no steps and I'm like, but all of these parts look the same and right. there's a huge disconnect with whoever made these instructions and <laughs> the end user who's going to put that together. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I, I think that's just a lack of overall engagement. Um, at the corporate level with the leadership management and the employees. And for whatever reason, change management and, and the people aspect of business is thought of as some type of a luxury or nice to have, or if we have time for it, maybe we'll do it. No, it's the most critical component into how you're operating as a company. And that's, um, so I feel like when you know, you're saying that, change management seems to at the moment be more of a, a hot topic or a new term that is being thrown around here and there. Um, at least for me, I, I haven't, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't hearing that word as often as I am now. So what's changed that has brought either this was already there, but what's changed that has brought this out and is making it more common? Right. I would agree with you. I would say it's had just a huge come up in the last 10 years. And I think it's largely driven by a couple of things. One, people are becoming much more vocal about what they want and demand from their companies. Millennials as a group have a lot less company loyalty, right, than past generations. And so they're demanding a certain type of work environment. And if they're not getting it, they're willing to continue to change jobs. So companies are realizing, okay, we have to put more effort and time into our people than we were accustomed to doing. And then secondly, I think the systems have just become such a huge part of our day-to-day -day life that there seems to constantly be efforts to implement them, upgrade them, change them just to keep up. These companies aren't spending a lot of money on systems because they want to. They have to do it. You have to do this in order to be competitive. So now we're having to engage resources to help our people understand how to use and operate in these new systems and processes. Whereas before, they probably weren't changing at such a rapid rate. Mm, that makes sense. Um, you know, with the quick change in or improvements within technology, the more change that has to happen. So being able to manage all of that is definitely more needed now than ever. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to who you work with um, or what kind of business you would take on, just for those that may be out there thinking, listening to this and thinking like, oh, there's definitely some things I need to look into. Um, do you work with any software as far as helping people make changes or improvements within there, uh, or is it specific ones? So that's a great, that's a great question. Any software I can do. 
Um, a lot of them are very similar in nature. Uh, mm -hmm. I know everyone thinks theirs is so unique. It's not, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. million systems, including custom systems for specific industries or companies, as well as worldwide systems like SAP and Oracle and Workday. I found the system does not matter. Um, all technology is trying to achieve the same basic purposes. So if they feel they have not necessarily even a system, but a process or overall operations that they want help with getting structured and help with getting the people to adapt to, I would recommend that they look into us as well. Oh, good. I have to second that because I've seen it um, at work um, with a, a mutual friend of ours. And I I know from what I hear that they there was um, a lot of improvement within there and We've seen it on our end um, because it the more people understand the tools that they have available to them, the more that they can get out of it. Uh, and again, like if you pay for certain tools, you right. want to be able to use it to its maximum potential because your investment will be worth so much more at that point. Absolutely. Well, we're getting close to our time, um, and I want to respect your time, Valerie. So, uh, one, um, I know I asked you already for a piece of advice, and 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 then I asked you for another tip. But when it comes to technology and how people think about it, what's one thing that you would say would be a way for them to shift their mindset from not thinking about it to thinking about it? <laughs> Mm, great question. So in terms of technology, it's definitely not going away. And what you'll have to adjust your concept of adaption to is change is the only constant in life. The further ahead of it you can get, the better. When you're trying to adapt in order to keep up, that puts you on the defense. When you're adapting to be proactive, you're on the offense. So what you want to do is always be out there seeking to constantly improve, get the best skill set that you can, the best technology and systems that you can, so you can be the most competitive. You don't want to be struggling to keep up. Beautiful. I love that. Um, and with that, we oh, let us know how we can get a hold of you, um, how we can contact you if someone wants to reach out. Oh, absolutely. So you can follow us on LinkedIn at hashtag PPC firm, or you can reach out on our website at preciseconsultingfirm.com. Perfect. And I will make sure to add that to the show notes so that it's easy to find. And with that, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you all. Thank you for spending this time with me and my guest. I hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect in between episodes, visit my website, nancysabino.com. Follow me at Nancy Sabino SET on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Nancy Sabino on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. See you next time.